Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of One Vision. Today is going to be Brad and myself. And we're going to do a little bit of, I don't know, looking back at what a year it has been. And we'll continue to do that in the next few episodes. Um, but first off, happy Diwali to our friends in India. And um, for Brad, 2020, nothing about this year is happening, I would say, um, or, or have we been able to foresee? Um, definitely COVID was not in any of the 2020 bingo card. And we didn't think about we would end up in lockdown and socially distanced from everybody that we know. Um, all is not lost, though, I would say, um, amidst of all of the pain and suffering and all the sadness that many of us have experienced. There were some brightest spots. There were some things that I would say when I look back, I would cherish. Um, what do you think, Brad? If you're looking back at 2020, what would you remember it by? I would, um, I would say that this is the year of the beauty of human connection, of relationships, and of what matters. Because I think the one thing that um, has been lost for so long is that digital, you know, inferences of who we are is not really who we are. And I think that um, between reconnecting with people and sort of finding our own way, we have sort of reinvigorated this human spirit of being human and of being connected. Because I think that's the biggest thing that's in a way been lost is that we don't see ourselves as a community. We don't see ourselves as having shared values. We don't see ourselves outside of these little, you know, sort of fiefdoms and walls that we create. And so, you know, to me, what, what has transpired is that you deep down understand the connectivity to each other. And, and that's something that I think, you know, we've, we've started to lose so much, partly because of technology, partly because it's self-enforced. And I think the people that you talk to now and you spend time with on Zoom or outside of Zoom, those, those connections probably matter the most thing to your friends and to your family. So human connectivity. I, I agree with that. It reminded me of something that I posted um, a year ago, December 2019. Uh, Twitter reminded me that actually um, it resurfaced somehow end of last year. I say one of my wishes for 2020 is to make more real life connections. We spend so much time behind screens, um, doing all kinds of things, meetings, emails, conferences that we are always too busy because we always try to jam so many things into the 24 hours that we have, forgetting that we actually cannot create time. And so when you try to do more things, something else loses. And is that human connection? And, and I felt it last year. I felt like we were so busy flying from one event to the next, from one client to the next, that we never stopped and say hi to our friends. And, and so last year I, I posted, I said, you know, of all the wishes I have, I wish in 2020, I can do more. I can meet people, sit down for coffee, um, chat. And then of course, 
<laughs> um, social distancing happened, and uh, now we can only reconnect with screens. But I think, as you say, the pandemic has brought to light something that we have been missing, that we just never had time to stop and think about. And, and I hope, I really, really do hope that we will get out of this together and we will cherish relationships and friendships more so than we did pre-COVID. Um, I, I hope that's, that's the silver lining that we'll get out from this. I, I, I think, you know, the, the one thing that I'd hoped that a lot of businesses would provide more time for, for their employees would be to think and step back and actually form some of those relationships that have been lost by not, you know, having those moments, you know, getting a, a cup of coffee in the office or being able to go out to, you know, a meeting in a coffee shop or whatever it might be. And it's, it's been interesting to sort of watch the evolution of the future of work through this process and work from home and those who are fortunate to be able to have choices really sort of redefine the role of work in their lives. The unfortunate thing I think is that more people are working more, you know, we're sitting on zoom calls where before we wouldn't necessarily be face to face, we might actually be just on a call. And so it's changed our mindset around work. And, you know, for many, many people, I think they're working harder than ever to be more productive than ever. And, you know, more companies need to, I think, bridge that, acknowledge that and, and give people more time to, to simply reconnect one-to-one -one or one-to-small groups. And they need to sort of, again, have that space of creativity that really drove change, that drove positive change. Um, so for all those people that are working 24-7, uh, my heart goes out to you, but you know, try, try being cooped up for nine months with two little kiddos. And, and I know you could relate to that. Oh, they're lovely. Um, <laughs> that's what we keep telling ourselves. Um, otherwise, I don't know how I could have, you know, survived the, uh, the last few months. Um, it was, it was hard. I, I, um, I think for anyone who follow us on social, you could probably see that it is it is definitely not easy. I do worry um, coming out from such an extended period of not being able to socialize with other people, what that would do to the mental health of not just adults, but but children, right? Um, young children that are still in the formative years that they need to learn how to collaborate with others, how to play nice with others how to respect each other in a space that they share. Um, I really, really do worry that it will have an impact on them. And, and, I, and I see it with, with my kids. Um, they have definitely changed. Um, in the very beginning, we, we try to keep things as normal as we can, whatever normal is now. But it's been, it's been seven months and um, it's taken a toll on, on all of us. But speaking of, on a brighter light though, um, I wanted to share a proud mommy moment, We're talking about human connection and empathy. Um, my 10-year-old, he was on a writing assignment with um, his school today. And last week, he wrote a story about two buddies, brothers, who um, ended up in a fight for, the, for um, who was going to be the buddy boss. And today, he wrote a continuation of that story. 
And the story goes that after the two buddies reconciled and, you know, they became good brothers again and um, they went to visit their bunny parents and realized that the king of the bunny land, he called it, has been treating his citizens poorly. And so the two brothers decided to challenge the bunny king and they won. But here's the best part that I love. Towards the end, he spent two paragraphs talking about life after the bunnies won the battle, after the big brother um, took the, the throne, shall we say, of Bunnyland. They put together centers around the bunny kingdom to give bunnies free carrots and free apples because he said not all the bunnies in the kingdom were able to afford food. And so these two bunnies, they decided to set up centers around their kingdom so that no bunny would go hungry. And that's how he ended the story. And that was a big proud mommy moment because throughout the, um, the last seven months, um, and even before, but more especially so recently, I tried to spend time in teaching the kids that as much as we feel frustrated about being stuck inside, that we were not able to visit our grandparents and you know be with their friends and stuff, we need to feel fortunate and be grateful that we don't have to worry about not having food, not having shelter, not having access to you know, the internet, um, to play games and all of those. And I, and I keep reminding them it's a privilege to not to have to worry about food, especially in the United States too. Oftentimes we don't think about that. Over 50 million people in the United States are food insecure. And one in four of those are children. So you put that in perspective and, and, um, and, and I think, as sad, again, as, as events that have transpired in the past, we can change this and make this into a teachable moment for our children. And hopefully we can make the society a little bit more empathetic, a little kinder, a little nicer. Let uh, no bunny be left behind. Um, you know, from, from what I know um, of your two little ones, I think that what we learn from our children should be magnified more um, because you know they have this unlimited capacity for love and for equality and for you know treating everyone as an equal and sharing these values of inclusion and it's unfortunate that you know as as they grow up they're they're influenced by the adults in their lives that have you know accepted um, anything that's exclusionary you know and and one of the things that i think that we have tried to do is to open up to to new voices and this podcast now that we're more than 100 episodes in is about one vision with a capital o one it's not exclusionary it doesn't have to be you know a panacea of one vision that means that we don't listen to other voices. But a universal truth of 
more equality and more inclusivity and more diversity and celebrating our differences as one community, I think is important. And so when we, when we think about this year and we think about, you know, moving forward, we have to, I think, accept the fact that the lessons learned cannot be forgotten. And uh, along that note, I think we've got something we want to talk about that uh, we're really excited about and I think a little nervous about. And uh, well, anyway, you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, so that's our dear listeners that Mr. Limer is referring to is our upcoming book called Beyond Good. Um, a little caveat, when you see the book and the cover that you'll see, you can pre-order at Kogan Page website or Amazon, you'll see a little halo. For those who know me, I am not too much of a touchy-feely halo person, um, but Brad and the publisher talked to me into keeping it. They thought it's important, it's different, and um, I know that I will... I, I, I will warm up to it eventually. It's just like the dandelion. I mean, come on. It's like first the dandelion, now the, now the halo. Actually, um, yes, you know, thank you for reminding me. So for those of you who have followed us for a while now, we are celebrating almost three years of our company forming. Our logo is that of a dandelion. That is actually Mr. Lima's idea. Well, you started out with the seed thing, and I just kind of took it from there. And I think it's—I think it evolved very nicely. This idea of planting seeds and letting them blow about the world. But the halo—the halo was something that was not my idea. But um, less importantly, the the cover. Um, more importantly, the you know the the goodness of the ideas within. So beyond good, beyond good. Um, how technology is leading a purpose-driven business revolution. What is this book about, Theola? Oh, Theodora. But it, the book, it's, it's actually a, that is a tough question to answer. Um, I would love to hear from, from those uh, who will read the book next year, is going to be released in March, to tell us a little bit about what they take away is. Let's go back to the history of why we're writing. Um, the, we started writing a few years ago um, because we have an opinion. Um, same reason why we started the podcast. We had an opinion and uh, we wanted to share it. And we, most importantly, is we want to use our platform as a way to include other voices, to include other ideas, to include other opinions of the larger ecosystem. The book is a collective vision of how we think the business models can evolve and should evolve to one that is better than where we are right now, than what we have right now, to serve more people, we call them the, the forgotten demographics, to look at the well-being of those who, frankly, have been left out of the financial services ecosystem and beyond, right? We start off with, with money, but it's more than that. We want to talk about inequality. We want to talk about longevity in the sense of where we think solutions can serve them, where we think policy-wise, we need to include them. We talk about gig economy workers. It is the future mode of working, um, but is it really serving 
everyone that we tend to glorify that it does. We talk about um, women spe specifically, um, not just female founders, but women. Um, and unless you've been living under the rock, you would have seen all the stats that came out and talk about how oftentimes we feel like we have taken quite a few steps back in terms of progress, especially with COVID-19 um, in the United States in the last two months, 80% of those who have left the workforce are women. We wanna dig a little bit more into why, but more so we wanna offer thoughts on how we can change the world for the better, how companies can do better, how we all need to do better and how we all have a role to play. I think um, you know, it wasn't long after we first met in one of our first conversations, I, I said, hello, we had our little exchange and I said something about, you know, enjoy the fire hose of FinTech. Um, and it wasn't long after that, that you and I were speaking and I said, look, you need to, you need to share um, your thoughts and you need to write. And I know I wasn't the only one who suggested that you start writing, but I do remember quite well that, you know, your, your initial posts when you were still at ARP got enough of that inside you to have three more years and ongoing of hundreds and hundreds of articles and hundreds and hundreds of places that you've been quoted. And to, to have been just a little bit of the catalyst for that makes me proud. And it also makes me proud to write this with you. And so, you know, I think the collective thoughts that we have in this book is very much a, a unified vision, not just of the, the way that, you know, you and I see the, the world and sort of what's missing. But I do feel that, you know, to your point, there are so many voices in this book. You know, I, I know that we have tons of references to outside ideas, but we also have a lot of very current, very fresh takes on, on how technology can change the business model and how we are missing a purpose-driven um, focus for so many of our businesses. And, and that's you know, something that needs to continue to be out there. So I, I encourage everyone I meet to write and to share their views and to have an opinion and to add to you know, the universe, these little tiny seeds of ideas, because we've certainly built on, on everyone else's. <laughs> So that's, that's what I love about this iterative process is that we started, uh, you know, about a year ago, I think was the first contact with, with the publisher. And again, koganpage.com, K-O-G-A-N-P-A-G-E.com. Um, but Beyond Good is, I think, the first of, of many things that uh, we will collaboratively work with the entire ecosystem to publish. I feel like it's a way for us to put a little bow tie on all the work that we have done so far, right? If I look back on our journey for the last three years, first of all, thank you to Patrick, who published my first article um, that I wrote about longevity and innovating for older adults. My thought always was, who wants to read it? 
And he said, no, 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 I will take it and I want to publish it. Um, so thank you, Patrick, my dear friend. Um, it's like you say, a collective of thoughts of our ecosystem. And that's something that we try to do all the time. If you look back at the guests that we have had on One Vision and before this, um, the guests that we always bring to our events and our panels, um, most recently at MTL Connect, which I'm still super proud that we're able to include so many different voices from so many different corners of the world. Um, people that have amazing ideas, but not people that you often see on the stage. Um, we want to extend the platform, our platform to them, because I think having more voices, different voices make it so much more beautiful. Um, and, that, and that is one of the ideas that we had in the book. Um, we actually had to trade some of the real estates of the words that we wrote. Um, we got a massive cut from our publisher. We got asked to cut off, was it like 15,000 words? Um, and uh, it, it was a lot, yes. It was a lot. It hurts. And I know Brett was crying. Um, but in the cutting room floor, we insisted um, with the publisher that we will cut our words. We want to include as many quotes from our friends as we could. This is not just the book for Brian and I wrote. This is our book. Um, this is a collective book, Voices, and hopefully this is one of many. I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the process itself is one thing that I've been talking to people about a lot. Um, yesterday I had a conversation, my first conversation with Bruce Matigue, who has often um, chimed in on um, both Lydiglyptus and other folks that have written things that meant something to him. And he actually paid a compliment to us both about the types of things that we write every week and just about, you know, sort of the mindset um, to shift a culture or to shift an industry. And, you know, I, he, he, he sent me a, um, a draft of some things that he was writing and he's like, oh yeah, I just put this together in four or five days and it was like 110 pages. And I was like, Bruce, my God, if you could write this quickly, we need to do an anthology now um, because there's a lot of amazing ideas in here. And so that's the one thing that I would say to anyone listening to this is that, you know, we have had the opportunity to be on stages around the world and to talk to so many of you and to meet so many of you and be influenced by you and your words and your actions and your inspiration. And that I think is reflected in the content of what we talk about in Beyond Good. And I think it's also, you know, incredibly important that we continue to encourage others to use their voice. And, you know, as much as people feel that we have given to a community, I think we have both received much more than we could have ever imagined um, just a few short years ago after we left our corporate uh, environments. <laughs> Um, yes, indeed, indeed. Um, and there are so many people that have influenced us along the way, and I'm, I'm super grateful for it. That's the one thing that Danielle always talks about, right? And she spoke about this in, um, when she came on our show as well, is when we look at communities, communities is not about ticking, it's also about giving. It's a two-way street. 
um, same way as how relationships are. It's a two-way street. Um, we appreciate all of you who have been on the journey with us. We appreciate all of you who have given us our thoughts. Um, we appreciate you, Lita, Glyptus, my dear. Um, we, you know, we are constantly inspired by you. You occupy Thursday, so that that's your day. Um, and so many others, and Brad, I know that you got um, Mr. Loberman to start writing. Um, so he has amazing words too. Um, that there are so many, so many people in the ecosystem. Um, they're not always on lists that people find. They're not always on the top X. Um, they're not often on the big grand stage or whatever virtual stage that you'll see nowadays. They might not have the glissiest presentations, but that doesn't mean that they don't have amazing thoughts that we can learn from. That doesn't mean that they don't have experiences that is worth sharing and amplifying. So if there's one thing I hope we can do more and better in tying with the theme, Brad, that you said in the very beginning um, about human connection, is we can look deeper. We can go try to find new voices to follow. Extend a hand to people that you had not met before or pay a little bit more attention to not just the microphones, but all the other voices in the back of the stage because there's always an amazing story to tell, even though it could be just coming from a 10-year-old. There are things that we can always learn. And so with that, thank you so much for listening in to our journey and be part of it. Um, and we will be talking to you again in a week. Mm -hmm.